Hello, friends. You can't disappoint a podcast nation. It is Zach here with a quick disclaimer before we get started on today's episode. Unfortunately, you know, the way me and Steven usually record the show is uh, we'll have separate audio files of both of our secluded audio so I can put it together and make it sound as clean and good as possible. I know that's a surprise uh, by how awful we sound all the time. Unfortunately, this week, for whatever reason, only the first hour and so minutes of my side of the conversation was saved. So instead of re-recording the episode and giving you like a re-enacted version of the conversation that we had, uh, I've decided to go back and take the uh, archived Zoom call from when we recorded the episode, the audio from that, to put together a complete version of the episode that we recorded as it was intended. Because of that, at about an hour and five minutes into today's episode, there will be a noticeable change in sound quality. So I just wanted to let you know, I think it's a great episode, and I wanted to set up your expectations before we got started. Let's hit the big old play button and get things started. Hi, before we get started with the episode, I'm just kidding, it's still me. Now I'll play it. Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> Bust it! Fatal mistake, Richie boy. You are busted. I am. You just use the throwing off the hump method. That's an advanced pottery technique, which I know because last night I read the entire encyclopedia of pottery. What are you talking about? You are no beginner, Santa Fe. All right, let's do this. All right, let's 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 uh let's diddly daddly skiddy yeah. Let's let's do whatever that means. Hi everyone, <laughs> welcome to You Can't Disappoint a podcast. We're back again. I don't know why Hello. I always say that as if like they're expecting something to happen. I don't know. I, I think that it's a surprise that that we've gone now 19 episodes of the yeah. show. Well, not without... 19 yet. We'll, well see. We'll see if we get through this one. Well, you know, I. Uh, mm. Ooh, that's a fair fair point. I'm being a little too optimistic, Zach. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Zach, and if I stopped doing everything I was bad at, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> and uh, I'm Steven, and I've never sailed a boat. But I can swim. A black person on a boat? I've got to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope your week has been well. Mine sure has. What about you, Steven? It's been good. I just feel like time is passing so fast right now. Like, it's it's already, you know, when we're recording this, like, towards the end of September. Well, I don't know. Time just felt like a standstill for so much of this year, and it doesn't really feel that way anymore. And it's like we're living out the 
six months that we didn't get to live out in like the last two or three of the year it feels a little bit yeah it's it's a hyper speed yeah <laughs> uh you watch anything good this week um actually yeah i uh so i'm gonna start with live action uh watch some nba basketball the playoffs are going on that's that's you know solid okay um other than that i have watched quite a bit of anime in like the yeah. span of three days i watched like 60 episodes it's fine but i saw that that's impressive because <laughs> yeah I, I don't watch anime but i do like marathon shows and i can't tell you the last time i've watched that much tv in a day yeah it's it's uh it's a lot. i guess that, that's like 20 hours of anime shoot oof a day um, well spent i'm sure yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, um, I started a new show actually called uh, Fate Zero. It's a pretty large okay. series. It's based off of like a series of novels, but um, it's basically and for those who like Fate, they're gonna really be mad at me for describing it this way. But it's like the Holy Grail um, is being fought over by a bunch of historical heroes. Okay. Yeah. Is that like oversimplifying it? That's why you think super people duper be mad. oversimplifying it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fun. But it's cool. Uh, if you like history or anime or really, really amazing animation, that's one for you. Um, I've been watching the new season of Pen15 a little bit at a time. So is that show called Penis? Because every time it pops up, all I can think about is the word penis. Well, that's what it's what the, the imagery is. That's what mm-hmm. they're going for because they're playing like kids. Do you know uh, much so about the show? I don't know anything about okay, it. Okay, well, it's called Pen15 is, like, how you say it. But, yes, of course, it's supposed to look like penis. Okay. And it's two comedians in their 30s that play themselves. They were childhood best friends, and they're playing themselves around, like, 13-ish. And okay. all of the other actors in the show are, like, actually children of that age. <laughs> and it's a little bit in the family of Big Mouth, but it's okay. very funny very relatable and very like true to life like surprisingly Unlike big sometimes mouth. <laughs> yeah. well, big mouth is like that too if you let it if you watch if, it a lot. if i would have let it i'm sure i say a lot about big mouth is super cringy and i get why people watch it and they're like i cannot handle what they're showing these animated children doing yeah but i think big mouth also has some good educational stuff in it mm-hmm. that like if when i was a kid i was watching stuff like big mouth instead of like family guy I know a lot more about, like, sex and about, like, sexuality and, and, and about puberty and about growing up. Whereas, as much as I enjoyed Family Guy at a time, I think a lot of the reason why I'm not that surprised so many people of our generation have grown into racist uh, yeah. uh, edge lords is because of the types of jokes that were in shows like Family Guy that we were obsessed with as kids. Absolutely. I remember like some of the jokes that, you know, as soon as like you'd hear something on Family Guy like in school, it was just people repeating it over and over again. Or another thing that came to mind, and I don't know if this is a universal thing or a Midwest thing, but I don't know, watching Rami, I've thought a lot about the way that I've always seen Muslim people because of what is like told to me in America by like people that I felt like I should trust, like yeah. I, like teachers, like uh, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I I don't know. To where things like being a kid and thinking Ahmed the dead terrorist was like the funniest thing in the world. Like Jeff yeah. Dunham, do you know that? I do, but so I kind of had I was lucky to have a different perspective because growing up in the mm-hmm. home with a you know. Muslim parent, I always thought that shit was like so unfunny, and I never understood why people thought it was so funny. And I'm so glad, I don't know what it exactly was that was the switch for me, but I'm so glad that I can look at that and be like, oh my god. Yeah. No wonder the world is like it is. People, ugh. 
But like you said, it was like people that you trust around you. That was just what the the language and the culture was. Because there were people who, you know, I still I think still to this day am friends with and think are like great people. But they used to use the phrase towelhead just because it got thrown around yeah. crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. And I don't know. I'm glad to have the light shined on me and to, and to see the era of like stuff that I thought was funny when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it's this has nothing how, to do like, with this episode of Community that we're no, talking it doesn't. about today. <laughs> it doesn't, but... It's it, a good you conversation. Know, it, it is because I think that the media that we consume, like, we have to... When you get older, I think it's easier to filter in and out what you should, like, what's good and what's bad, what's funny for a moment, and what's, like, actually, yeah. you know. And I don't know, I have this weird divide of where I think that, like, you can... Anything can be funny, even stuff that is like the opposite of funny i think anything can be made fun of and be funny it's all about the intent that's why something like south park offends me very little because Mm -hmm. of how and i can see why it does offend someone but of where where the the intent seems to come from i don't know i don't know that's neither here nor there shout out to communities on twitter (laughs) (laughs) big old shout out to communities you guys are great they've been really killing it with the community anniversary content lately which has been really cool to see a lot of episodes are celebrating 10 years 11 years cool stuff yeah it's it's cool to see it's nice to kind of walk down memory lane yes go support our community daddy please <laughs> i i the reason i froze there zach is because i had to pick which like daddy related meme i wanted to quote but i couldn't pick one so <laughs> my favorite anyway, is daddy chill thanks for joining us um this is the first of the final two episodes that I'll be recording in the place that I live right now, which is a great feeling. I'm getting to go from like a corner in a really echoey room of a three room apartment with sound paneling uh, to an trying eight to by make this ten work. jail cell. They yes. finally caught up with them. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, Zach. You to will a be much missed. smaller like <laughs> bunk bed corner. Uh, no, to having like a whole room that I'm going to try to turn into a, a sound studio of sorts. And I'm very looking forward to it. It's going to be nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you. You know, you opted to make your extra room a recording studio. I mean, I chose personal dungeon for mine, but, you know, we all have our own our own interests, priorities. It's hey, fine. you can use some of that torture furniture as, you know, like, sound... Uh... Oh, oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad you've all joined us this week. Uh, welcome to the show. We're talking about Season 1, Episode 19, Beginner Pottery which was directed by the great Anthony Russo and written by Hilary Winston, which is a name that we've heard several times. She wrote Football, Feminism, and You. She wrote The Politics of Human Sexuality. Uh, and she goes on to write the season one finale, Pascal's Triangle Revisited. And in season two, she writes The Psychology of Letting Go, Celebrity Pharmacology, which is one of my favorite episodes. It's a good one. And for a few paintballs more. And this episode originally aired on March 18th, 2020. 2020? I wrote 2020. It definitely <laughs> didn't come out in 2020. Uh, I'm going to guess 2010 then. I yeah. think it came out in 2010. It's like, shit, I missed that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but uh, yeah. Uh, overall, I know we're, we're, we'll give some more thoughts later, but really enjoyed watching this. Yes, this is one of those episodes of Community that just like made me smile the entire time. Like, from yeah. beginning to end, just smile on my face. So let's right. do some trivia. Yeah, I've got I think three you're, questions, you're first this as week. per always. Okay. Mm-hmm. As per the coin. Uh, well, as a white man in America, I think it, I think it, 
I think it's fair that I go first. Um, what does Jeff call Annie when he goes into the pottery class for the first time? Oh, um, Laura Ingalls. Yes. Bonus points if you remember what he called Abed. Uh, the Home Depot guy. Cool. What do you got? <laughs> nice. Um, okay, here we go. Um, question number one. This is the first time that Steven and I have recorded the podcast <laughs> with webcams on so we can actually look at each other, and we're making some intense eye contact during these trivia questions. <laughs> just know that this is how I look at my webcam all the time. This is how these. you just look at your blank computer screen <laughs> yeah. while we speak. Okay, go ahead. Okay, how far away is the nearest body of water, Zach? Two and a half hours. Yes. But we don't uh, measure the ocean by time. We measure no. it by leagues. Exactly. So how many leagues is two and a half hours? Ah, you know, it depends on the boat. <laughs> is that the metric system? <laughs> we... uh, when Jeff is calling out Rich in the classroom, what does their teacher refer to the two of them as? <laughs> blueberries. Yeah. My little blueberries. <laughs> little blueberries. Okay. Oh, Tony Hale's great. Um, all right. What year... Was the movie Ghost released? Mm, uh, According to the teacher, I didn't actually look it up to make sure it was accurate. I don't remember, but 80s? Is it second half of the 80s? Is it like 86? You are a little early. It is huh. 1990. Oh, okay. I would have mm-hmm. thought 80s. I feel like that's a movie that has 80s all over it. But the first couple yeah. of years of the 90s were basically, basically the 80s. Basically the 80s. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're on the page. Um, and my last question. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were about to start. I saw that. I sure was. You got me. Where all on Pierce's body was his umbilical cord wrapped around? <gasps> oh, my God. Um, His neck? His back, his pussy, <laughs> and his crack. Very good. Three for three. No, keep Nailed going. it. Um, his neck, and was it both arms and one leg, or one le- or both legs and one arm? Uh, close. It was his neck, both arms, and his ankles. His ankles. <laughs> Real unfortunate. Hogtied. You know, I uh, I read a I read something with a similar <laughs> plot recently. Um, okay, question number three. <laughs> what advanced pottery technique does Rich use? It was like humping the camel or something like that. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> Throw it off the hump. <laughs> when Rich does it, it, it looked like he knew what he was doing for sure. He looked, yeah. It looked fancy. It did. He, he <laughs> threw off that hump. So those are pretty easy. Those are our trivia questions for the week. Let's see what the people who actually try for these questions have for us this week. <laughs> our questions are literally... <laughs> We're like that, uh, that, that, uh, that meme where it's Gordon Ramsay, like, talking to, to the, um, kid, and he's like, oh, you precious angel, and then he's talking to the adults, and he's really mean. That's, <laughs> that's them to us? That, that's our trivia questions to each other, are, like, really okay. sweet. And okay. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna hear, uh, trivia from the people who really know what they're talking about, and we're gonna hear about people's favorite, funniest moments of the episode, which I'm excited to hear, because there were quite a few in this one. Yeah, I agree. I'm curious to see what people thought because i'm not sure if mine is going to be the same as as others but okay i i I laughed very loudly okay um all right the first email this week is from our pal anorak um hey guys nice hearing your thoughts on last week's episode basic genealogy and i'm already so excited to hear what you think about this one 
It's definitely a season one highlight for me. You said we should name our favorite scene from this episode. And as for the funniest, she's going to go with Jeff singing Oh My Love at the Pottery Teacher. Second place is Pierce, uh, or is Troy commenting on Pierce drowning in a parking lot. Those twice. are good ones. Yes. Um, Joel's singing in that scene could use a little work, but you it know, sure was funny. Next time we talk to him, we can give him some pointers. Yeah, like a little um, flat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now here we go. But the favorite scene in general has to be the little talk Jeff and Pierce have about failure in that stuff because even though Pierce is just a horrible person, he does sometimes kind of slip into that old wise man role. And then their MVP this episode is probably Pierce. Great character writing this episode, or Troy. Just the best. His lines work perfectly. Always a valid answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for including your MVP. I like that. Yeah, I'm right? always down for that. I think Pierce had a really strong episode this episode for someone who's usually like, I do too. Not in that conversation at all. Mm-hmm. They also go on to say that um, Jeff had a good character arc, but definitely acted a little too bad to win MVP, which I second that opinion. Um, and then here are, the, here are the trivia questions. Bring them on. All right. W- question number one, what is the name of the sailing teacher? He's played by Lee Majors. Yeah. <laughs> With both of the teachers, I had trouble picking up either of their names. I don't remember who Tony Hale played. He might but... have said it in that opening monologue, but yeah. I, it didn't stick. And I'm not sure about the sailing teacher. What is it? Mr. Slaughter, or Professor Slaughter was the Okay, one. yeah. I yeah. wonder if that's a play off of Slater, if they just it sounded come up like with it, anything right? better. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, question number two. Where does Rich come from? Um, well, his medical residency was in Santa Fe. Is that what they're looking mm. for? Or I think did he so. give away his birthplace well, as well? Well, Jeff says that he's from Santa Fe when he's talking Santa later on. Fe. Santa Fe. Yeah. Fe. Santa Fe. Ho, ho, ho. Um, question number three. Where did Chang get robbed? <laughs> At the YMCA. The YMCA, yeah. And robbed is a, is a stretch. It's, it's more of a prank, I feel. I just love that it happened twice. But I guess if someone was going to be somewhere and think, I need clothes, I'm going to steal clothes from someone else, I guess the YMCA would be where that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lots of young men, young men clothes. Um, Young men. Do, 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 do. Okay, and then they go on to say, so that's it, guys. Excited as always for the next episode, and look forward on to the next episodes like Contemporary American Poultry or one of the greatest episodes they've ever seen in their life, Modern Warfare. I'm thank very you, excited, as too. always. Thank yeah. you, as always. You don't have to thank us. We're so glad that you yeah. uh, contribute. All right. It'd be nice if other people a little more involved with the podcast would pull their weight when it comes to contributions as well. Hey, we'll keep praying about it. Let we'll go talk and let about God. that later. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now our next one from our old pal MJ. Hey, Zach and Steven. Hope your week is going well. Thank you for another entertaining episode on basic genealogy. My Not week's going okay, of... MJ. It's going okay at best. <laughs> well, it's worse now that I'm here with Zach, but, you know, do what you can. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Um, you not do a this highlight. voluntarily. <laughs> not a highlight of season one for me by any means, but you made a good point about even the worst episodes of Community having nuggets of gold within them, and that episode was no exception. Oh, he's still talking about last week. When you started saying not one I of the best too. episodes of I Community, I was, was like, this one's that. great. I know. I was like, all right. Okay, MJ. <laughs> Crack is whack. Um, 
Excited that you guys are going to do a deep dive into what I think is a very underrated episode of Community. I don't see a lot of people mentioning Beginner Pottery as one of the greats, but I think it is one of the best episodes that actually focused on the study group's lives within Greendale. I also appreciated that Shirley got to shine in this episode, which doesn't happen that often in this show. And of course, Tony Hale is hilarious as always in his brief cameo here. To answer your weekly question, I think that my favorite moment of the episode was when the SS Nose Candy went to rescue Pierce as his boat sinks. Mm -hmm. And there are parentheses around rescue Pierce and sinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I love how cinematic and utterly serious the scene was staged and shot, despite the whole scenario being utterly ridiculous. And the usage of the score here was fantastic. The brief moment when a couple of students watched the whole thing unfold through a window was just the cherry <laughs> on top. The scoring in this whole episode is top-notch, uh, by the way. Represent really, really good. A recent Emmy winner for the first time. Oh, really? What uh, he won an Emmy for the score for The Mandalorian, I believe. Nice, as yeah, he should. Well have. deserved. Really good. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to the Emmys because my wife Zendaya won, and I'm proud of her. Um, also, shout good. out to the Emmys for accidentally giving Jason Bateman an Emmy this year, and then immediately <laughs> having to take it away from him and give it to its rightful owner. <laughs> I missed that, but that that's happened. amazing. Um, MJ says, very excited for the quiz this week, especially with question number four. You'll see why soon. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, question number one, according to Abed, how far away is the nearest body of water from Greendale? That was two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Or by leagues, I'm going to guess 12. Yeah, probably. <laughs> About 12 <laughs> leagues. About 12 leagues. Yeah. Um, it's truly a league of its own. Uh, number two, Rich said to his seatmates that he wanted to make his mom what object on the first day of beginner pottery? And that would be a lovely ashtray. Ash yeah. Yeah. Um, number three, what did Rich teach Annie during their brief conversation at pottery class? Uh, that she doesn't have breast lumps was one of the things. <laughs> yeah, he taught her um, how to make a flared tip handle. Was that, what it, that how to make a flared lip? on her pot and check for breast lumps yeah yeah flared 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 pot lip now we're on to that famous number four yeah <laughs> okay lightning round tell me if the following five words are either nautical talk or urban speak <laughs> okay <laughs> the okay first one is skrill okay let's think of, okay let's think of both words we're not gonna do lightning round UMJ, we get to decide how our show's gonna be. Uh, let's 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 instead take each word, try to put them in both contexts, and, see and decide better. from there. So, right. like, urban speak. You know, like if someone's coming up to you, like, "Hey, man, I don't know. Check out. My, would it be like check out my skrill? Would it be like let me get some of that skrill? Would it? <laughs> would it? I'd be like, damn, man, you still out there chasing that skrill? Okay, so it's like a like a female prospect. Maybe. Okay, um, but in nautical talk, it would be like, scrape the skrill off the starboard. <laughs> if I catch any skrill on my boat, you'll walk the plank for this. Yeah, th I think that one is a nautical term. I think so, too. All right, our next one is the good old Roro, spelled R-O-R-O. So it would be like... Me and my girl Roro are are going to the clubs tonight, or it would be Roro, Roro, Ro -ro your boat. <laughs> is it? Is he mean like like a Roly, like a Ro Ro, like a Rolex, or is it a car? I'm in my Roro. 
I, no, I, I think it's my girl, Row Row. My girl, Row Row. But it's I hard. Think, How can we beat Row 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 your boat? They say it all the time. I feel like that one could be urban speak, personally. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm inclined to agree on that okay. one. Okay. Okay. Next. Okay. Now this one I think should be pretty obvious. Okay. Jollies. Hey, cat. You on them streets trying to get your jollies again? It's like, hey, girl, let me get some jollies. <laughs> Could jollies give me something to eat? <laughs> or is this referring to, of course, the Jolly Roger, the jollies, the flags? Raise, like, raise yar, the jollies. Yar! Scrape those jollies ranchers off the poop deck. If I see any skrills on my ro-ro jolly, it'll be the end of ye. I feel like that one could be nautical, if yeah. that's what you were thinking. Um, Alright, the <laughs> next one is Razzie. I feel like I don't know any quote-unquote urban slang-type people that would say Razzie. No, I don't, I don't even have a... Let me see, if I could really come up with something. Let me use all my urban powers. Um, yeah, no, I got nothing. That's got to be on I'm a boat. It's like, hey, man... <laughs> Come smoke some of this. It'll get you razzy. Yikes. <laughs> I think or, I would call the police. Or, I, <laughs> or in the in the ocean, it'll be like, Oh, ye bunch of razzies. You razzy scallywag. Or is it a verb I, like, You better razzy the, the, the Jojo ro Raleigh. The mast is at half razzy. <laughs> There's a storm ahead. There's a storm ahead. All right. And this one is the last one, Zach, is something you know a lot about. And that is crunk. Hmm. So are we thinking like, hey man, let's get crunk? Are we thinking like mm -hmm. pull the lever crunk? Are we thinking, or are we thinking like, uh, yar, crank, crunk the, I don't know, crunk the plank out. Someone's about to be walking. Well, obviously, Zach, if you were a real pirate, you would know that crunk is the past tense of crank. You'd be like, what happened to John Jameson? How did he die? Well, he crunk the Jojo too hard, and the Raleigh rolled over his scrill. I thought the one who was to crunk the sails <laughs> was John Boy was on the chore list this week. Bootstrap Bill, you're a liar, and you'll spend an eternity on this ship. I think it's urban speak. Yeah, that's going to be urban. That was fun. It, Thank that you was so a much lot of fun, for that, MJ. MJ. <laughs> um, all right, number five. What book did Jeff claim to have read the entirety of to determine if Rich is really an amateur potter? The entire encyclopedia of pottery. It was the encyclopedia of pottery. Absolutely. And then we already answered this one earlier, but bonus points, you can name the advanced pottery technique that tipped off Jeff, and that would be... Humping the camel. He could see that. He could Throw see Rich humping that camel from miles away. That's it. That's exactly it. That's the correct answer. All right. Number six. Complete the quote from Professor Holly. That must be the character. Tony Hale? Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you failed a class so easy that blank. And that is that people... People that walk by or Get whatever. a contact credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, all right. What were Shirley's last words to Professor Slaughter when they steered their boat into an electrical storm? I don't know if they mean... Um, Maybe the ship went down, but at least she went down with honor. Is that what he means? I think it was Yar. Yar. Yar, Professor. Me, Roro, -ro is off the Razzie. <laughs> to Skrill! 
Um, number eight. How did Rich's brothers die, according to his Bates-esque inner monologue towards the end of the episode? In a freak roller coaster accident. Yeah, it should have been him. It should have been him. Yeah. And then it says, don't ruin a perfect week, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, too late, MJ. Yeah, everyone was having a real good week, and then they pressed play on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, real quick, what was your funniest moment this episode? We've both said that we liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, for me, the hardest laugh I had, because it caught me so off guard, yeah. was when Pierce gets you know taken away by the sale, and Troy yells, he's ghost riding the jib. That, for me, <laughs> is what, what really pushed me over the edge. <laughs> there Mine's were a lot of a funny more... moments broad because yeah this was one of those episodes that i just smiled the whole time Mm -hmm. and there wasn't like a moment that like lost me laughing not to say that i didn't laugh at every joke but there wasn't a moment that like really caught me off guard so i think just professor holly i suppose uh tony hale's first monologue that he gives Mm -hmm. and just the way that uh, tony hale does such great like neurotic character work and the way he like kneads into the the clay as he's saying his, (laughs) his piece i thought was very funny that when, even in just like a small little bit roll that Tony Hale like ate it up. Was there was a funny. moment where he like is holding the clay over his head and he's like, so I had to institute a no tolerance <laughs> policy. And it's so good. So good. You ready to get into this thing? I, I am. Can I make a really bad confession? Okay. I have to pee. Okay. Perfect. Um, Go pee and we'll just uh, let it run. This is great. Look at us. We're, we're, we're moving on up. Yeah. Two hours later. So the episode opens up with Shirley walking into the study room and complaining about like having to ride a bus to class and how she has to get up so early to get to class because that like so early that she can see the late night uh, Cinemax programming. How early? How long of a drop? Where does she live? Well, that's what I was gonna ask because doesn't that stuff? Isn't that like it's around like three a.m. Right? Three four. I say I earlier than that because earlier? Okay. I definitely stumbled upon this stuff when I was young. Well, that's, well I didn't so want to have like you, eleven or twelve. Had that in I, your home. I wouldn't be up that late, like on a school night, you know. No. Wow, Shirley, you really uh, burning the midnight oil to get in, huh? Yeah. So, does she live really far? Is it just a really long bus route? Maybe, but also like what? I don't know. Do because I remember run? in high school, I lived right up the street from our school. And the bus would be like an hour and a half, two hours before school, and I was one of the first pickups. Oh, that so sucks. So they'd leave the school and pick me up first, and then I'd have to drive while they picked up everyone else. So I just walked to school because it was like a 10-minute yeah. walk. Much easier. This is one of the first times also that they mention um, Shirley's husband is like with a stripper. Yeah. That's kind of a recurring thing a little bit. Mm. <laughs> you know, do you think? Nothing wrong with uh, being in a relationship with a stripper. I don't like that stereotype so much. Yeah. I think that uh, the whole stigma of shaming sex workers was still... I mean, it still is. Is still. Is still. But I don't even remember hearing much movement in that, (laughs) you know, direction. Until we became of an age to appreciate the work that they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, sub to our OnlyFans. (laughs) <laughs> you have to be a $20 patron on yeah. Patreon to, to get that link. And it is worth every penny. 
Jeff walks in, and I guess even though there's only, like, we're halfway through the second half of the season that's supposed to be, like, the second semester, and it's still where they can drop or add classes. I even guess. Even there's only a big, few weeks Big left. window. <laughs> uh, so, so Jeff is announcing. He announces it really strangely. When he's like, hear ye, hear ye, I do declare Jeff Wingers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do, yeah. Was that supposed what? to be a reference to something, or was he just being I think flamboyant. he was just being flamboyant, at least as far as I could tell. And he uh, has the perfect blow-off class for everyone, uh, Pottery. Yeah. Which is where this episode thing. I don't think I would ever think of pottery being like a blow-off class i feel like it's definitely something i think that like that sounds interesting but it's not a skill set that i have yeah i feel like that's a class that regardless is going to be a lot more involved than some of the others that we know they offer at greendale so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like some of the other ones that we see in this episode yeah (laughs) i like the reference to professor whitman and his accounting class when Annie says, Your last blow-off class ended up teaching me to live in the moment, which I will always regret and never do again. <laughs> that was funny. But the thing is that Jeff heard that no matter what you do in the class, that you, you get an A, that you get a good grade. Are, were you the type of person to seek out classes like this at all? Um, so here was my issue in high school, is that I would have loved to seek these classes out, but due to the fact that I was an asshole and wanted to be in as many band classes as possible i didn't really have room to do that yeah those like were your classes that you could just show up and get a good grade in it's like how i spent four periods of the day in the choir room (laughs) yep (laughs) we knew what we were doing and like (laughs) i think there was a semester that i didn't have a math class (laughs) (laughs) i didn't take math my last semester either wait i didn't take math at all my senior year year. honestly (laughs) senior year was great because we could take uh, physics instead or something like that. Because we... then we went to college and it was like, oh shit, there's math again. And <laughs> I couldn't do it and I didn't stay in college. <laughs> well, see, that's why I decided to be a music major. Because then they were like, ah, you don't have to count if it's past like eight. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, so Jeff is really trying to win everyone over to come do this class with him because he doesn't want to do it by himself. And he likens it to a redhead that loves scotch and die hard. And she, the class is someone who they should all want to get their number. Yeah, I I mean, I see the appeal. I'm not saying that a redhead who likes scotch and die hard is not like right up my alley. But it's a pretty specific reference there, Jeff. I think... <laughs> but for once Jeff isn't like the voice with the most sway in the room because then Pierce shows up wearing a really great <laughs> costume from the the light pink shirt to the hat it's it's all phenomenal yeah, and, and, just, and oh, the, the the white pants and the it just all really works you know I I'm I'm really proud of of the the costuming department here really shining you know, this is this is just preparing for the greatness that they have with the Dean later on. They're testing out some ideas on Pierce. I like it. And I know from the commentary that they say that Pierce, or not Pierce, Chevy hated, like, everything they made him wear. So I imagine he got this, and he was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, are we sure this is necessary, or uh, can I just, uh, can I just wear the Can hat? I just wear a vest again? <laughs> and he says, guess what class I signed up for? And they they call him the captain, like Captain and Tennille. I thought it was a pretty funny, if That's not dated, reference. Funny reference, yeah. I've never watched the show, but I got the reference. Was it a show? Yeah. I just thought they were like a music artist. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I thought it was a show. You can't disappoint a podcast brought to you by people born firmly after 1995. Yep. <laughs> last uh, last week we were talking shit about 9/11, and oh, we were barely alive when it happened. We quite literally were, weren't we? Oops. Uh, and I like Pierce's reaction when they call him, like, sing with the teal. He's like, oh, ha, oh, ha, 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 hey, sailing. It's serious. Sailing. And that's when well, they all talk about the nearest water being hours away, leagues, as we talked about. Leagues. What were you going to say? We don't water by hours. Oh, God. It's so great. I like how passionate Pierce is about something that he has absolutely no skill in. <laughs> I can see Pierce as being the type of man who, like, always daydreamed about, like, living on a boat or, like, mm-hmm. being a boatman. I I like that Greendale is offering this as a one-week intensive, where yeah. it's just like a one-week class. Is that a real thing? If it is, I might have to go back to school. Do you get cause... a college credit for it? You know, <laughs> I'd you love know? it. Interesting. What What do you think this would fall into? Is this like a geography class? Is it a hmm. health class? So- life science? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you what think do you that think? anybody's taking the time to, like, make out, like, a course selection sheet at Greendale with, like, oh, the classes that we know that exist? Definitely, because they're ones, as the show gets sillier, this this sailing class is kind of the first example of a nonsense-ish Greendale class. Yeah, everything else has been, like, a real class, just In the future, we get teacher. things like history of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, um, ladders in ladders. the final season. There's who's the boss and who's the boss. And then in the... Uh, night school episode that's the conspiracy theory episode where they yeah. find out that like night school is like made up there's a course selection for the night school classes and it includes like can i fry that and yeah. a bunch of really silly nonsense classes but this i is see the a lot of one. can i fry that memes on the internet shirley was going to take a class to put together a dating profile she mentions yeah. in this episode so that's another thing that would have been <laughs> one of those silly classes <laughs> also would have been a really helpful class for shirley though what, you saying she needs a man? I'm saying she might want one. I learned from the audio commentary today that Shirley's hair in the series is almost always a wig. Mmm. She has good pieces. Yeah, they look really good, and they match her hair really well. Yeah. yeah. They were talking about how, like, early in the season, they really teased Britta's hair, and they really messed with her appearance in a way that took forever, and that yeah. as the season went on, it kind of, like switched like Britta had to do less and Shirley got a lot more stuff thrown on her Mm. but I think it suits her well and I think it's not something that lasts the entirety of the series because I Mm. think later in the series Shirley looks a little bit more like Yvette I think so too yeah she says that sailing in the parking lot is less pathetic which I think (laughs) is pretty funny yeah I would be all about this uh being in the pavement and acting like you're on a boat, I think it sounds awesome. That'd be freaking hilarious, because I feel like we could really get into the characters there. Mm-hmm. We'd have a fun time. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, okay, let's do a special, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Take to the Seas. <laughs> We're going to do an episode on a boat in a parking uh, lot. Do you have a boat or a parking lot? I can lot find we... one. Okay. <laughs> this is that Troy line, the, oh, a black person on a boat. I've got to see that. Is he talking about <laughs> Shirley, or is he talking about himself? Well, that's what's great. Is I think he's talking about Shirley, but but now he himself yeah. is also yeah. a black person on a boat. So, to speak stereotypes, I've mm. heard the swimming stereotype. Is does, is that just what the boating is an extension of? Is, is yes, there a stereotype? Yes, the boating that... is, I think, an extension of the swimming stereotype. 
Um, because if you can't swim, you're not going to want to get on a boat. Even like a cruise boat or something? Especially a cruise boat. So I know that you, uh, you can swim. That I you can took swim. extra swimming in high school just to prove the stereotype wrong. I did. I was a lifeguard um, for the like lifeguard class and for the swim team. That'd be a, a good Greendale class, lifeguarding. Yeah, it it would be a great class. Um, <laughs> like finding the right tone of whistle blow. <laughs> You'd be surprised. There's a lot of uh, there's specifics to the whistle blowing. You know, you got to do numbers of whistles. Well, there's like an authoritative like whistle blow. There's a long mm-hmm. whistle to like l- let everyone hear it. Or yeah. there's like a real <laughs> real fast like tweet. Don't do that. Like, yep. hey, I'm watching you. Yeah, it's almost like you're nipping at a dog or something. Hey. Now, now, Zach, uh, we actually have another connection that's swimming-related, because I worked at a pool for a while. That, did and you I also... worked in the snack bar for, like, a couple months? Yeah. It's a very we, small connection. You know, I don't didn't... think we even worked there at the same no, time. No, we didn't. But your mom used to come in with your nephew. Yeah, I used to go to this pool a lot when I was uh, younger. That's when we talk about public pools being gross. That's usually... Or like that's seeing naked ball, naked old man balls in the in the shower room. That's yep. the one, yeah. That's the place. We and it doesn't exist anymore. No. Just oh, sad. Well. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have been excluding black people for so long. But in other news, let's... Is that real? Uh, yeah. The Dolphin Club did that? Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, there weren't any, but... Huh. Yeah, it's for a long time. It's not a country club. It's... No, but it's a privately owned pool. Like, you have to pay a membership to go, but I always thought it was more like a working classmen's country club i don't know yeah whatever that's sad then f*** it i'm glad it i'm glad it yeah i mean i'm sure it wasn't so bad you know when when i worked there but i know that they in the past they definitely were like "Mm -mm, not Hmm. y'all are there public swimming pools that are open this summer do you have to wear a mask in the public swimming pools i don't know how that worked because i would feel like if you're in the same body of water it's just like you're sharing everything with everyone else. Well, yeah, I know water, how much kids put distance. water in their mouth and spit it right back in the yeah, pool. Regardless of your distance. Now, maybe it's so dispersed over so much water that it's like trace amounts of things that where you wouldn't have to worry. But but still, like I know my family still went to public pools and stuff this summer. Wow, that'd be interesting because, like, you know, you can't really play under the water with a mask on. I don't think she had to wear a mask at the country club. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But I, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of fighting and, or not fighting, but Pierce is trying to sway people from Jeff to come do the boating class instead of the pottery class. And his <laughs> reason to get people in is there's black people, two of them. Two of them. Which, honestly, that's a pretty big draw because that's got to be a fun boating trip. Or at least an, an intriguing one. What confuses one. me a little bit, though, is right after Pierce says that, then it cuts to Jeff going into the pottery class and trying to be cool, and we see that Annie and, and Abed, Abed have decided to take the pottery class. Was yeah. there being black people in the boating class a deciding <laughs> factor? Um, I think Annie should stay away from any class with Shirley in it, because <laughs> Shirley is the most likely to snap on Annie that's not named Benjamin Chang. That's fair. So, Jeff... I think Jeff has a pretty good episode, actually. I think he has a really good episode this week, other than this part. 
when okay. he bursts in Thank cool you. as hell into the pottery <laughs> classroom and he says Hello, a bunch ladies. of weird shit to like a bunch of women. What are you guys making? Big balls? You guys getting dirty? That was the worst nice. part of it. Yeah, that was. I didn't like that. What are you looking at? All right. But then he like stops it kind of the rest of the episode. I, I get that it's supposed to be a contrast of. He comes in here thinking he's going to be the cool alpha dog guy, and there's someone else who takes that title. But it was a little yeah. far. I, I don't know. I think he, so too. he might as well have hit a jukebox and said, "Hey, hey, how are y'all making the pottery without any music, huh? Get some tunes <laughs> in here. Let's participate this thing." And then he takes notice of Rich. Uh, Rich is kind of like taking the baton from Vaughn. At this point of the series, I think yeah. we've seen about the last of Vaughn, and Rich is kind of in that position right now, and I think Rich is a funny character. I like Rich. He's handsome. He's nice. He, The actor Greg Cromer has been a character actor in a lot of things, mm-hmm. and he was in something that we watched together. He's uh, like the... He's in Better Things. Really? Who's he playing Better he's Things? He's like the dad of some kids and they get divorced and he's like really close with sam yeah there's that one episode that i remember watching together where he tries to kiss her and sam says no 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 for like a minute do you remember that yes i do remember that shout out to better things a quietly amazing show about being a parent it's very very good check it out yeah i only saw the first season of that but i loved it and there i think we watched the first two oh did we watch the whole i think we watched the first season and then we watched the second one like weekly like together as it aired because i remember sitting in steven's bedroom (laughs) and us crying crying at the episode where the three daughters yep 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 it was like an episode about being a mom not like (laughs) you know that's a really good show with pamela adlon who was the voice of bobby hill and king of the hill and it's a great show yeah very very good and rich makes appearances in it you know there's this community fandom running theory that Rich is a serial killer. Ooh. A lot of people believe that. And seeing from the way this episode ends with Rich, I don't know if that's exactly where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, the ep- Rich is in three episodes in total, and I know one of them is the zombie Halloween episode next season. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what else he does. But I think he's a funny addition to the show. Yeah, I like Rich. Big fan. He wants to make his mom an ashtray. And I don't get and then he like laughs with these attractive women. I don't really get why that's a a line think, that works for him. Yeah, I I, I don't because like it's it's sweet. That he's making something for his mom, but he's making her like an ashtray, which is Jeff takes notice of Rich and has been staring at him. And Rich just kind of gives a passive like, "Hey, what's up, dude? Have you ever been in a situation like this where you think?" That you're going to be like the cool guy in a situation and then someone steals your thunder and it just pisses you off. Because I definitely have. Yeah, unfortunately I do know this feeling when like you think like, you kind of like predict like, okay, I'm going to this scenario, like I'm probably going to be a bit of I'm like, going to be the, the jokester. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be the cool guy, you know. I'm going to be like the, the most desirable, you know, cupcake in the tin. And it then... especially happens if you're going there to like impress a particular person, and then there's someone who's doing it like better than you. Better. And you're like, "What? Someone else planned to come flirt with this girl at this party? I planned to come flirt with this girl at this party." You know, as much as I hate to admit it, at least like you know, it's been a, a while now. But in like the social dancing world, every time I, I like go to like a club or something, and there's another taller guy with a long curly ponytail, I, I get a little. Get a little, uh, get a little nervous. Like that's my territory. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, that's my shtick. 
<laughs> That's my thing. Here we get this great monologue from Tony Hale. Uh, major, I don't know, he's just Buster. I know I've seen him in other things and he hasn't felt like Buster. Mm-hmm. But this character in this episode has some Buster Bluth energy. Oh, yeah. How much and Veep have you watched? I haven't watched any, but I know that he's a big part of it and that yeah. it's a great show. I just haven't put it on yet. He's Is he Buster in that or is he a little different? He's a little different, but I'd say he's like just as good in Veep. Okay. Well, and you I know how much I love Buster. I think he's won Emmys for Veep. Yeah. I think he won a Best Supporting Actor or two, or a Golden Globe or something. Well deserved, I think he has. And in this speech, he does just as good of a job. He goes to it really hard for, I'm sure, just being like, hey, will you come play a teacher in this episode, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's just, I don't know how to explain this energy. (laughs) Just him molding and slamming down the clay while, while just a smile on his face. Yeah, and then, of course, we get his explanation that he has had a lot of trouble in the past with people interacting the love scene from the film Ghost. And it's happened so many times in every possible incarnation (laughs) of it uh, that he has to tell everyone on the first day of class not to do it so it doesn't happen. Well, which absolutely is accurate, because as soon as I got in a pottery class, I would ghost as soon as possible. Especially if you're a 30-something going to a community college. Yeah. And just, like, kind (laughs) of joking around already. Have you seen the film Ghost? I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. I haven't seen it either. I know it's about uh, uh, Patrick Swayze getting some of that good old ghost Yeah, but I don't know much about it other than that. Um, I think Whoopi Goldberg's like the medium or something. Yeah. I don't know. I had a friend that really wanted me to watch it when we were young, and I was always like, that doesn't... I'm sure it's a good cheesy movie, but as a like 12-year-old boy, I was like, that doesn't... Yeah, my biggest draw to Ghost was the Michael Jackson song and the reference that is made to it. Is it Michael Jackson song? I think it's called Ghost. I don't know if it was for that film. Wasn't it? Because Wasn't I did look up... It? I looked up the soundtrack... To see, cause yeah. I, to maybe use a song in this episode of our podcast, and the only real song that's attributed to the movie is "Unchained Melody" that Jeff sings. Oh wow, that was for Ghost. Maybe I don't it's think... not for Ghost. Maybe I've made that connection for years, and it's not accurate. So your knowledge of the film Ghost is very minimal. Very minimal, but I do know the Peter Panda dance. So <laughs> the movie was released in 1990. He says I was incorrect, and he's just. <laughs> It's very, he, it's very Buster Bluth massaging someone's shoulders the way that he it's needs exactly to play that. as he talks about all the different versions of the ghost that he's seen, you know, guy on girl, girl on girl, the hilarious guy on guy, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh yeah, that sounds pretty funny, and he blows his brains out, <laughs> and yeah, he <laughs> walks around the room, I don't know, this is like the only thing that, it's like the only classroom rule, it's the only thing he cares about it. And when I was younger watching this episode, this scene didn't make me laugh as much as it did today. I, I don't know why, but I just thought this was all very funny. I, I was, he does such a great delivery of when he's like, you know, if I hear so much as three notes, you know, I will come at you with everything I have. It reminded me of my favorite Buster Bluth scene from Arrested Development. Get him um, out of here. Get is it that one? him out of here. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, if you haven't seen Arrested Development, you should, because a show like Community, you'd appreciate even more after seeing a show like Absolutely. Arrested Development. You know, Buster gets his hand bitten off, and he's in the hospital, and his <laughs> brother-in-law, or his brother, <laughs> his brother. played by uh, Jason Bateman, comes in the Emmy room. winner. 
<laughs> and is almost and <laughs> for a moment he was an Emmy winner. I think he won Emmys for Arrested Development. Actually, probably. Uh, his brother comes in to comfort him, and Buster starts kind of making jokes about only having one hand. And they both laugh about it, so Michael feels comfortable, and then he starts making some, like, really light jokes about him having (laughs) lost a hand. And Buster goes from, like, laughing at his own expense when he's saying it to turning right into pissed and going, get him out of here. Then Michael's like, what? And he just yells and, like, loses it. Get him out of here! It's very funny. Buster's one of the best characters on that show. I think he's very underrated. But that's a show that... Literally any character in the main cast could be your favorite character, and I, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. We get some nice shots of everyone in the class doing some pottery, other than Jeff, who isn't that involved at this point. Uh, Abed's making falafel. <laughs> I've never had falafel. <laughs> I like falafels. And I've only had the edible ones. And Annie there's a is very <laughs> famous. Uh, a gif of Annie. How would you describe this, Stephen? Um. I would say she's phallically sculpting her vase. Yeah. And I like how, like, Abed and Jeff (laughs) both can't help but stare. (laughs) But then very quickly, Abed's like, what are you making? Because his mind isn't really going there, but Jeff is just (laughs) bored by it. You can keep going. She's like, a vase. (laughs) And, yeah, everyone's kind of doing their thing. Most people are making small bowls. Jeff is just around with a bowl of clay and saying that he's you know he's just here to get this credit but rich this guy who jeff has already felt a little threatened by has very quickly built something pretty beautiful yeah that's a gorgeous use that there's a vase pot vase something have you ever done anything akin to pottery before a couple times like Um, where you've used a spinner or whatever um so i've never used a spinner for pottery i when i was a kid i like went to this place where you like make a pot and they kiln it and then you get to keep it but i have used the spinny thing like a lathe that's what it's called a lathe Mm. when i was Mm. made i made my mom the only woodworking i've ever done in my entire life i made my mama like a wooden vase one time did it turn out well yeah cool Mm -hmm. i mean never made me anything like that and we you know, co-host a podcast together, you'd think that'd be, I don't know. I'll make like you a, something. Like a happy co-host day or something. What if I make, like, a an edit of you, like, a picture of you with a bunch of, like, anime characters around you? You like How that? about you just spin me around on a lathe and do whatever you want? That literally sounds like heaven. <laughs> you know, paint you, mash you, put you in a stew. Rich is grabbed by the pottery teacher by the face and <laughs> makes really awkward eye contact and... I guess it, this teacher it probably isn't used to anyone giving a shit about the class or taking it seriously. Yeah. And he's so impressed with Rich. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Abed, like, is narrating what Jeff is thinking as he's feeling like like he's not the alpha in this situation. You know, Abed's off screen at first, like, talking what Jeff is thinking. And apparently this was a little reference to Arrested Development. That's okay. why they included that, was to do, like, a little bit of Ron Howard voiceover. Then Jeff could be like, come on, don't do that. Okay, so that makes more sense, because at first I thought it was a dig at Scrubs, but it makes more sense that it's a reference to Arrested Development. I like right before the theme song hits, uh, Abed's like, yeah, you're right, it is kind of a trope. <laughs> then still no full theme song. We've only gotten the full theme song probably, like, Less than five times this entire season. Yeah, it has Probably not three been or four times. Much. It's sad. I don't remember it being that way. 
I don't either, but I remember when I watched through The Office, like, for the first time since watching it on TV, that was the case as well. Instead of being the full theme song, it would just be like, Yeah. We cut to outside Greendale, and I feel like from this shot that we see, you can really tell that it's a production lot and not a school. There's a really funny visual of Pierce trying to christen the boat by banging around a champagne bottle on it but he can't get it to break which is hilarious Troy's line is even funnier when he's like man if I tried to do that I would have broken the bottle by now (laughs) he's so good at it (laughs) Troy in this episode this is one of his like strongest like one-liner episodes for me I mean they're all great but like this is like a return to like I don't know if I think it's one of the strongest but I think it's a better one after he's been a little bit less He's been a lower profile a little bit the last couple episodes. It's definitely a return to form at the least. Professor Slaughter shows himself and introduces the SS nose candy to everyone that they purchase through government auction. Um, <laughs> and this is played by Lee Majors, who has had a very extensive filmography. He did a lot of television in like the 70s and 80s, shows mm-hmm. like, I think I saw like The Fall Guy and there's another that i'm forgetting and he's done a lot lately like he's just one of those people that's continued to act to be in films to be in tv shows um and he does really well here yeah he this is a pretty silly thing and he takes it dead seriously the whole time he he Um, does a great job he does a great job of painting this imagery to everyone that like what we're doing isn't silly and from this moment <laughs> forward, you have to consider the parking lot to be water. And if you drop, you lose, you die. Uh, and from this point forward, everyone just kind of gets on board with it and sees it that way. Which I, I love that everyone commits. I also think that they chose a really good group for this. Yeah, you know, I as like much how as it was... Britta is kind of minimally used, but I love that Starburns is there. Well, I like <laughs> just the study group members. And then I'm sure they were like, oh, well, someone else would probably be in the class, too. So they're like, just throw in Starburns. Just throw in Starburns! <laughs> uh, sh- the professor assigns Shirley as captain, which Pierce is pretty upset about, because I think mm-hmm. he was expecting, you know, he dressed the part. That he, he did. He, he the brought the role. outfit. But good for Shirley. Uh, I think, who said it? MJ, that this was a good Shirley episode? This, yeah, I agree. I agree because usually when Shirley's in the forefront of the episode, they really make it a big deal about like her being a mother or her mm-hmm. be- like something it, like really stereotypical Shirley stuff. When this is just like the character gets a moment to shine, and yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like most of the other characters get stories that aren't about like Jeff being a lawyer or like no, about... it's about Jeff and his own person. Yeah, this is yeah exactly. They do a good job of that with Shirley in here, and I. I think it, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown does a great job acting in this one. I think so, too. Now we're in the Spanish classroom, and this brings up the other point that I don't remember if it was Anorak or um, MJ that said it, about how this is a really good, like, day-to-day Greendale episode. It is. It's not like a, you know, crazy... I mean, as as zany as the things that happen in this episode are, it's not like, you know, a G.I. Joe episode, or it's not Claymation. But it's it's well, just such a good, like... Greendale daily. I really like that it shows the class hopping that it does Mm -hmm. because usually we'll get like a scene in the Spanish class and then they do their thing or it'll be that it's like an episode about a class and it'll be that class but here we see them in Spanish class we see them in pottery class we see them in sailing class and we see them like study in between I think it's it's cool I think they should have done more episodes like this I think so too 
Pierce is explaining as they walk into Spanish class that, you know, he really should have been the captain because he has more experience. And he talks about commanding a jet ski through an electrical storm and only having one casualty when, you know, <laughs> it was only the two of them. So Pierce, like, killed his friend on a jet ski, basically. <laughs> Saved half the crew. <laughs> he's found a way to remember it in a way that, like, he was the hero of the situation. Hilarious. And the pottery people are, are giving their, their uh, experience, too. Annie's talking about the pottery's fun. It's kind of hard, but Rich is really good at it, uh, prompting Jeff to walk in while, you know, people are talking about Rich and pottery class. Yeah, Abed, Abed is, like, on it from the beginning that Jeff is, like, really bothered by this. Well, when is he not? He, yeah. like, narrates it, like, <laughs> as Jeff is realizing right? it for the first time. <laughs> and I love that Jeff, like, he tries so hard. As he yeah, does he's, to act he's unbothered made it and act cool. reasonable that you know it's a blow off class, so I'll blow it off. Who cares? And I'm not good at it. But it's very clear that that's not how it is. And I really think that Jeff's intention was to go in there and do absolutely nothing, but he just can't take. Now that there's another attractive dude in the class that's good at it, he can't handle that he wasn't good at it. Yeah, or that like, he didn't on. want to try. Yeah, mm-hmm. if Rich hadn't been in that class, he would have been so fine just slurping on his drink that he had with yeah. the sunglasses on the whole time. In uh, throwing around his ball and making his participation badge. Mm-hmm. There's a line here that's really irrelevant where Jeff is talking about uh, not being cool and making mud pies. Did you... that? There's this Netflix sketch comedy show that we watched a couple episodes of together called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. One of the funniest like little one-off things i've watched in so long and i know exactly what the hell you're talking about the skit that i'm talking about with the mud pies with the mud pies i don't know which one of those i watch the most i go back to the one with the door quite a bit which i think is the very first one of the show right where he's like he's opening the door the wrong way backwards Mm -hmm. no it's okay i was here yesterday it opens both ways (laughs) so i can't find on youtube just a video of that sketch but you they're like 10 minute episodes and there's like eight of them or something go on netflix and watch i think you should leave it's absolutely hilarious some of the best sketch comedy i've seen in a long time and it'll make you understand why i really laugh at the phrase mud pies (laughs) i think you showed me first that the show the clip that you showed me to get me like excited to watch it was still my favorite one but it's the old guy with like the car they like a car focus group, and yeah. it's like this old man giving <laughs> ideas for what Thank they should you. do with the car. And really ridiculous. Just go watch it. Go watch it. So good. So Jeff's making mud pies. Mud pies. And um, <laughs> he is downplaying Rich um, to everyone. He has to, like we said, you know, he has to justify that he doesn't really feel bad about this, even though he does. Uh, he uses the phrase cat's pajamas and Pierce, who is just on fire this whole episode and like, isn't the brunt of anyone's jokes for the most time. He even chimes in cat's pajamas. Okay, Pierce. (laughs) Good for Pierce. He got a little win there. The exchange from Jeff and Britta here is really funny when Britta brings up. Somebody's mommy gave him too much praise. Man, so did someone's psych teacher. (laughs) Which is such a good uh, two-sided burn there because both of those statements are very accurate. Uh, Britta's unearned confidence in her psychiatric abilities. <laughs> this is kind of like the birth of that running joke, I feel. Yeah. Because they take this a lot farther in the future. Well, I can't remember, has she... Is that a different episode? I can't remember if she's like tried to actually like have like a therapy session like as the therapist with somebody yet. Mm, she hypnotized Pierce. I don't know if that's what you're thinking of. Maybe. I thought there was hypnotized... No, no, Pierce hypnotized Pierce her. Pierce hypnotized her. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. 
I don't think she's been a therapist yet, but I think she definitely tries to a lot in the future. Yeah. So Chang walks into class without a shirt. <laughs> this is the prelude to the end tag. Um, everyone gasps in disgust as he walks in, and he's like, yes, I was robbed at the YMCA again. again. <laughs> and that's the end of the scene. Okay, now this next scene, we cut to, um, it's the whole, you know, Jeff in the potty room thing, and he's, you know, kind of sitting at the at the wheel, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's, like, shown up late to class. He's, like, broken into the classroom yeah. or something to, like, practice between classes to make himself look better at it. Yeah. This scene, for me, extra, extra dextra here, top points because of the scoring, how, like, the music changes kind of from, like, you know, he's, he's intense, mm-hmm. like, hopeful. Uh, and it's music cues that we've heard before that are kind of manipulated a little bit to fit the scene. Yeah. And you're right. It stood out to me, too. This entire scene stood out really well. It's kind of different than anything they've done on Community yet, and mm-hmm. I think it was effective. Um, you know, he's trying really hard to be good at this, and he flashes back to a younger version of himself being given a pep talk by his mom, where his mom just tells him over and over again how special he is and how he can do anything that he puts his mind to. And then we cut from that flashback that he's remembering where he's being told he's the most special little boy in the world to him really not being good at what he's trying to do. Yeah. You know, he's actually trying and he still just ends up with like a clump of nothing. Yeah, the way the music switches when it goes from like his flashback of being special to like the shot of his misshapen pot. Yeah chef's kiss now i will yeah. say and we'll talk about it later that flashback mm-hmm. works for me a lot and even though i understand why they did the second one it worked for me less and i will talk about that more there but okay we'll get yeah. to it we'll get to it now we're back to the sailing class um i think this is the aye, first aye. time i don't know if i noticed before that starburns was there but starburns is here starburns he's is part of now. this class too mm-hmm. uh they're all working they're making good team and the professor, this is when we get the bit where he says the word semen a bunch of times. I don't see students here. I see semen. I didn't create them. From the moment you climbed aboard, I saw semen inside you. More importantly, you've stopped giggling at the word semen. And that's the mark of a real semen. And this is one of those jokes that, like, I didn't really laugh at it. Because it's such an obvious joke. Yeah. But by the end of it, by when the they end said it. it like 20 times in the end, I couldn't help but laugh because I'm an immature <laughs> little kid. Well, and it reminded me of the first time that I ever heard this joke and understood it was in Austin yeah. Powers and Goldmember. Oh, yeah. And they make a similar joke. And it when I was a kid, I didn't get it at all. I had like not even a little bit. But then like seeing that movie as a little bit older, I was like, oh, that's funny. I get it, you yeah. know? And this kind of brought me back to that kind of memory where it's like, yeah, it's an easy, stupid joke, but... If you just keep piling it on enough, it, it got pretty funny. Speaking of Austin Powers, I had a Austin Powers joke explained to me through a podcast that I was listening to that, you know, I remember that as a movie when I was a kid. I had never gotten that, and it makes so much sense now, that the character Basil Exposition is named that because he's the character that always gives the exposition. Oh. He's always the one that's, like, explaining the evil plan or, like, explaining their company or, like, explaining what they're doing. That does make so sense. So he's the exposition. <laughs> I never thought of that either. <laughs> um, so now we're back outside. They're they're working really well as a unit. And while this is happening, Pierce gets thwacked by the <laughs> sail or something. And he's hanging over it, balancing. Um, there's no way that Chevy Chase ever lifted himself off the ground with this thing. But they shot no. it pretty well. And Chevy did a good job to appear to be like really struggling 
to hold himself up. That's when we get that line that you said you love the best about My favorite. He's ghost riding the jib. That sounds a little dirty. It does. Damn. He's ghost riding the jib. <laughs> they all go to help Pierce and his hat falls off. And I really like how the professor has to point out that hat's gone. Lost to sea. You know, like anytime anything <laughs> touches the ground, he's like, that's the water. That's the ocean. Don't forget it. Gone. And Troy has one of my favorite lines here when he talks about being able to reach it because it landed on that Hyundai and then nothing. uh, Yeah. He sees the professor give him like a demerit for saying a car. This is, Oh, I mean, mermaid's Mermaid's car. car. (laughs) Also them talking, them saying Hyundai by name uh, really is counterintuitive to the Toyota episode later in the series where they got all yeah. of that product placement from Toyota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. yeah. You know, this was, this was new. It was wild, the Wild West when this came out. <laughs> yeah, there's no way Chevy Chase is holding himself up like that for yeah. more than five and because seconds. Because they're kind of scrambling when this happens. The professor's like, oh, I guess I spoke too soon. And he lowers their grade and says, you know, if I had chosen to hit you with a storm just then, uh, you guys would have been screwed and you all would have failed. Get your crew in line making Shirley feel a little bit bad, but she's determined. She's a determined captain. She is. Um, Pierce is very comfortable telling her that she's the one that screwed up and made this happen, which a little bit sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's, that's, that's what I'll say about, about a captain of a ship, Zach. Um, you know, you get the praise if your ship does well, but if things go south, it's all on you. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's not your fault, it's your responsibility as a well captain. Well said, captain. Aye, aye. <laughs> Back in the pottery class, uh, Jeff is, uh, I love the shades of crazy we get out of Jeff <laughs> from this episode. The stages of gold blooming, as Abed calls it yeah. a little bit later, that he's not quite lost his grip with reality. That's a little bit later in the episode, but you can see that he's on edge. And Rich has made this just insane fountain that actually works. It's really beautiful. Also, like... <laughs> Is he doing this from like one tiny ball of clay? Because everyone else I feel like has a lot it less material than starts with one ball with. of clay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff shows up and he is so distraught that he wasn't able to make himself good at pottery overnight that he's pretending to have a sprained or broken finger of some sort and he comes and shows it to Rich so he uh, doesn't, have to, doesn't have to show his cards. But Rich is a doctor and, and <laughs> he's, he's good at everything. So he takes off Jeff's little finger bandage thing and it's like, you're fine. I like some (laughs) of the snide lines that they get here where Jeff's like, I don't think being good at beginner pottery gives you the ability to heal people (laughs) or like, oh, well, I think I need to get a second opinion from someone in my my, uh, basket basket weaving class. That was good, yeah. I, I also I, like that his reasoning, like when he says, you know, that he's taking pottery as like a stretch leaf, he's like, I haven't lost a patient in five years. Kind of pressure can weigh on you. <laughs> I like Jeff having a direct adversary like this. Yeah, I, I like too. the snides that they give to each other. We've seen Jeff with someone like uh, Anthony Michael Hall's bully in the Christmas episode, but not something like this where it's just like two dudes that are not able to see eye to eye that are just kind of sparring with each other. Well, and I the think thing it's a good like, dynamic for the character. Yeah, and as kind as Rich is, Rich is well aware that he's outing he's passive the fact aggressive. that Jeff is faking. Yeah. He's kind of like got that Ned Flanders mentality where he's like the neighbor that's really nice and there to be a good Samaritan, but he's always also like 
happy to remind you that he's better than you and he has better stuff than you and he can do better things than you and doesn't quite realize that he's doing that, but he totally is. Abed points it out, you know, and says, it's good to see that you guys are, are, uh, getting along. And this is when Jeff starts to lose his, his (laughs) mind a little bit. And he's decided that Rich has to be a con man, that he, uh, is an expert. What would I say? An expert potterist, an an expert expert potter. Potter. Oh, we're definitely not talking about Harry Potter. That's a whole can of worms this week. You seen all that shit? Oh, did she like really endorse like an anti-trans brand? So yeah, she was wearing like a shirt that was like, this witch can't be killed or something. And she was like, if you want this shirt, here's the website. I really like their stuff. And then if you look at their stuff, it's just a couple of like slides away from seeing stickers that are like feminist protest type stickers that are like like stuff saying awful shit about trans people and the thing i saw was it was like trying to claim that like the trans movement was like taking away from feminism or something Mm -hmm. like that and i was like there was stuff like that and then there are other products on the thing such as like mugs that say proud transphobe and things that literally say trans women are men what I like Harry Potter and it's I'm yeah. okay to separate art from artists, but I definitely won't be supporting anything that she does moving no. forward. Why did no. we talk about that? Oh Potter. Potter Potter. You know, uh Rich and Jeff really are kind of a a, a Harry Potter Draco Malfoy type. Yeah, type, but here's uh, the problem is Jeff is Malfoy. <laughs> That's the issue. <laughs> Although I don't really like Harry, if I'm being honest. I'm Dana Radcliffe said in an interview today that he will gladly uh, do something in the future that involves him playing Harry Potter again, as long as JK has nothing to do with it. That's awesome. Good for him. But yeah, Jeff is really convinced that uh, Rich is pulling one over on everyone. He's next for Potter. Jeff says it right there and I couldn't figure (laughs) out the word. Abed always has like the perfect points to, to come back with Jeff. He's like, well, why would he join a beginner's pottery class to prove that he's cool to people? Why wouldn't he just say, <laughs> hi, I'm a doctor? <laughs> and Jeff is starting to like, like uh, twitch and stuff. It's like, because he's crazy. <laughs> oh man, I really like crazy Jeff. And I, I do don't too. hate the sweater that he's wearing either. I don't know if that's it looks a gold real comfy. Bloom thing. Is it supposed to be a gold blooming thing? Or I wasn't sure about that, but I think it might just be his costume. It's definitely out of Jeff's norm. Abed has a great line when Jeff says like, well, you were never impressed that I'm a lawyer. And Abed says, well, anyone could be a lawyer. You can even represent yourself. You can't do surgery on yourself. It's illegal. You get arrested. And then you get a free lawyer. (laughs) Very good point. Abed's so smart. Yeah, he is. (laughs) So smart. Rich showed Annie how to make a flared lip and check for breast lumps. She happily announces as she joins Jeff and Abed. And I think that is hard on Jeff, too, to see the cute little girl that he likes to be impressive to is totally enamored with this rich guy as well. Does Rich end up dating one of the girls? Is that a thing or does that not happen? I don't think so. I couldn't remember. It's been a while since I've seen some of these episodes. Um, Jeff is just losing it, though. And he's like, this guy's going to lose it one of these days. And when that happens, I'll be there to expose him. And he certainly tries later, but we'll see where that goes. Jeff, especially, you know, as the episode progresses, gives me major like uh, Pepe Silvia vibes Mm -hmm. from (laughs) It's Always Sunny. Mm -hmm. Definitely. When he's over the laptop a little bit later. Yep. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> Rich, Rich is like, well, Jeff, you can still do pottery even if your fingers f***ed up. Just use the side of your face. And he starts like forming the clay with the side of his face, prompting Tony Hale's professor character to say, I want to kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> and Rich is, I'm sorry. Her reaction to it is, it's, a, it's funny. This is just... It's a, a great really classic episode. episode. Um, how do you think this one stacks up to uh, physical education? I think, oh, that's tough because right like now my, my top three. Of good examples season. of a similar type of episode. Uh-huh. Go ahead, your top three. Of the season. I'm trying to think because phys ed is like one or two. And this one's like two or three. Yeah. I haven't placed this one yet. But it is kind of neck and neck with uh, physical education for me. Because it's just so consistent throughout. And this one had a couple of things that I forgot or that I hadn't... It, it didn't feel like watching it for the first time. It felt like I really knew physical education. And then this one was a little bit underrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good Absolutely. one. Absolutely. It's a good one for sure. After a little ad break, now uh, Jeff, Jeff is running outside to meet up with Rich and he starts like interrogating him in the parking lot. I thought this scene was pretty great. Yeah. Um, well, it looks like Jeff like literally was hiding behind a tree waiting for him to come out in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, Jeff is unhinged a little bit and Rich is just being nice and friendly to him. And I think Rich isn't uninterested in being friends with Jeff. I don't think he has no, a ton of animosity Jeff towards first. the man. Because Rich I thought, oh, cool. This guy looks nice. He looks like yeah. another cool guy. Jeff is here to, I guess, try to squeeze some type of information out of Rich to prove that he's really been a master potter this whole time. Um, he does like a word association thing, kind of, when he's like, how many pottery classes have you taken? Um, this is your first of the year. No pottery at doctor school, pottery school. So you said pottery school. How yeah. many years? I don't I know, the, Jeff. Uh, the, the Doc Pottery would play on Doc Hollywood. I like that. That was quick, Jeff. Nice job. One thing I will say about Jeff in this episode is I think the show is really finding a good balance of the type of unlikable characteristics Jeff has and that he always will have, but using them in ways that still make the character successful and like someone you can root for. Which it, wasn't the case for me for the first... First, like half of the season almost yeah and they've been doing better and better as it goes on and this is a great example where he gets to act kind of ridiculous in front of people and yeah make a fool of himself but it's not at the negative expense of someone else really and that helps a lot you know it it this mm -hmm. plays a lot better than him like saying abit has asperger's in the pilot yeah or a bunch of i don't know speaking of those early episodes though i miss duncan i miss where's duncan, duncan been He's only in these first couple seasons and he's just driving around him. in Jeff's Lexus <laughs> living in it. Probably. <laughs> I really like Rich's line when he says to Jeff, I feel like I'm being interrogated by someone who doesn't want to know anything important. <laughs> and Jeff uh, finds out that Rich uh, has a, has a New Mexico license plate that he spent some time in Santa Fe. And then he kind of leaves with that information as if now he's really got him. <laughs> Cut to Jeff in the study room. It's the desk is littered with tons of books and papers, and <laughs> and he's on a laptop. I get that he's probably researching online to find if he can find anything about Rich or of like pottery schools in Santa Fe, that kind of thing. Why does he need all these books? He's reading about pottery. He's I reading guess, about but pottery, but but why? You don't <laughs> taking it way too far. 
And I like he does all this research and none of it is like, I want to be good at pottery or I want to learn about pottery. He just wants to beat this guy. Yeah. He wants to prove that this guy knows pottery. Joel does a great job here when he's like talking to himself at the laptop and you don't really hear what he's saying. And then when he's like doing crazy stuff with his hands, like having a conversation (laughs) in his head while the rest of the study group walk in, Joel does really well here. Uh, You know, Abed, Britta and Annie walk in asking him if they, asking him if he slept there. And he's like, oh, only a couple hours. <laughs> talking about Rich, where Rich is from. Britta has her can't be crazy town line because you've gone to high good. school together. I also like Britta's purple shirt. Shout out to the color purple in general. To the film, the color purple? Sure. Yeah. And Jeff has this stretch that like, oh, since he's from Santa Fe and Santa Fe has a higher Native American population, they eat and breathe clay there. They eat and breathe clay. (laughs) So that's why he's so good at pottery. I really like like, crazy unhinged Jeff a lot. Yeah. I I like when Annie comes in and is like, I think you got some of that information from Wikipedia. (laughs) You're You're mocking me? me? You? Jeff is just crazy, and Joel does a great job here. Abed points out here that he's gold blooming because he's kind of got some of the neurotic Jeff Goldblum tendencies going on. Mm-hmm. And okay, rate is, rate uh, Jeff's gold bloom out of ten. Here's something I'll say because here he does. This is when he does like. There's a gif of this when they call him gold bloom, and he kind of does like a gold bloom thing. Yeah, and I think Jeff's gold bloom in this episode might be better than Abed's Nicolas Cage in season five. Really? I've always thought in that impression of Abed saying and doing things kind of the right way, but Mm -hmm. the voice and mannerisms are off. Mm. It's been a long time since I've seen that. So, And this also has a degree of attachment to it where it's not just Jeff doing Goldblum. It's him being kind of crazy and having, Yeah. but I think it's done pretty well. I think Joel does it pretty well here. Mm Mm-hmm. Give him a score. Rate him. Rate, rate him. Rate him. Uh, I don't know. It's six, seven. Who cares? Okay. Seven. I, Let's I, go I, seven. Okay. I'd probably go about a six. I'm really glad you got that out. I could tell Thanks. it was really bugging you. It, it was. Um, Jeff, is, Jeff needs everyone to leave him alone so he can find out more about Rich being a faker before class. And they ask him, like, who even cares if, if this is all fake? And Jeff just spirals. Uh, he doesn't he, – he cares that he cares. He cares that Rich cares about pottery. That's what he cares about. He's like, he's so It's mad. not what he cares about. He cares that he's not good at it and that he's not the one getting, in, getting attention, but he's not, able to, he's not able to figure that out. You know, maybe he, he wants to prove that Rich has pottery experience because that's the only way you can justify that he's not good, right? Nobody is that good just – coming in yeah you can't be yeah because jeff's not troy shirley and pierce walk into the room and pierce is still hot and bothered about what went on outside um and why he fell off (laughs) shirley is like describing why it wasn't her fault and the problems that everyone else has and mentions that troy can't swim but troy can (laughs) swim so was that shirley just (laughs) buying into the stereotype herself she just assumed yep I'll just, is that a stereotype that there is some weight to? to? Because I definitely feel like I've heard people talking so, about how they can't So, I'll tell you the, the history of that one, Zach and listeners. 
Okay. Um, there is a lot of truth to that because for a long time in like probably up until maybe the what eighties, black people weren't allowed to go to public pools. They were okay. segregated. And so the black pools weren't either there weren't any or they weren't very good. And so they weren't allowed to swim in the white pools, even if they were public. And so a lot of generations of African-Americans never learned to swim. And normally your parents teach you how to swim. And if your parents don't know, then you never learn. That's a great point. I didn't think of it that way because I don't know, maybe in a more primitive society, swimming would be a more basic skill that you needed when you would need Mm -hmm. to swim two places. But I guess if you're not in a family that goes swimming um, and if, lower income families unfortunately tend to be more often Mm -hmm. african-american if you don't have your own pool yeah i guess that makes sense yeah because like of my like immediate family um like my aunts and uncles i'm pretty sure i have like an uncle that can swim interesting i can kind of swim i'm not good at all the strokes but i could probably help myself not drown Mm -hmm. i'll save you don't be racist. Troy can swim. Don't be a racist, Shirley. Don't be racist, Shirley. Shape up or ship the hell out, she says to Pierce. And Pierce <laughs> says, it seems like Pierce is calling Shirley a cunt for a second. Yeah. Like, I know what the C in Captain stands for. Crab apple. <laughs> Britta's gasp is my favorite part because it was so like... <gasps> well, because it's not like Pierce has a great track record with this no, kind of thing already. No, because he absolutely has probably, you know, insinuated that word or used it before. Britta gets to bring back something that she said earlier to Shirley about being kind. You know, she says, I thought you said kind people were always kind because Shirley hasn't been very kind to her crew. The power mm-hmm. is getting to her head a little bit. And she says that strong people change. More like Chang. You took the, the words right out of my mouth. And Jeff is like, you guys are crazy. Cuckoo birds, do you mind? This is important. (laughs) He's trying to ruin a man's legacy here. Abed says, you know, uh, uh, college is often when people's mental health issues come to the foreground. And Choi (laughs) takes that as like, yes, finally. I hope I get multiple personalities. I get lonely (laughs) in long showers. Like it's like a superpower developing or something. (laughs) That's a really funny line. You're you're right. Troy did really kill it with the one-liners in this episode. Comes through strong. We're back outside. Um, Things in the air are changing on the SS, was it nose candy? Nose candy. Party And they are uh, heading into a storm. The perfect storm. Shirley now has a chance to prove herself after kind of letting people down. I love everything from this moment forward in this subplot. Uh, yeah. The way that people brought it up that emailed us, that it just shifts into this really cinematic. Uh, I don't know, all the people on camera believe it. The camera angles are capturing it like it's a boat on water to where yeah. you almost, <laughs> Forget maybe it was just me, but you almost can see the water surrounding them. You you really are put into it's that. It's easy like, to imagine it. Yeah. Yeah, they do a really great job here, and I think the music was a big part of it too. It turns into very like you know adventuring. Like you feel mm-hmm. the suspense <laughs> and the drama. <laughs> um, and Pierce falls off the same way again <laughs> that he did last time, and is flat ass on the ground. Are you gonna <laughs> blame Shirley for it this time? <laughs> you know, and, and Shirley even yells, you know, hit the deck. To which everybody yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, Pierce isn't dead. He's still floating in, in the pavement ocean. Mm-hmm. And, and this whole scene is really Done funny. The whole like 
mission to save Pierce and Pierce's like dying breaths while this <laughs> is all just make believe. They they send him a life raft. They try to pull him in, but like Troy is they're really struggling to pull it. Maybe it's because he's not actually in water. They're just dragging yeah. <laughs> a full weighted man across a parking lot. Yeah, and as Troy points out, you know, his arms are kind of small for a quarterback. So between he and Britta, there's not a ton of uh you know, uh, yeah. leverage <laughs> to move all that is Chevy Chase from the ground up a boat. And because, uh, you know, sometimes being a captain means you have to make tough decisions. It's determined to get everyone else out of the storm alive. They have to let Pierce go. And all of the, all of the little sacrificial moments of this are very funny. The way that Troy and Britta drop the rope and like yeah. change the the course of the sail and they start moving <laughs> past Pierce. It's so dramatic and it's very funny. It almost has some I don't know, it reminds me of a future episode a little bit the KFC space shuttle episode. Yeah. This one has some of that like a precursor to that going. I really like Pierce like dramatically pulling on the rope as it just like unravels from like Troy's hands to him it's hilarious. What in God's name have we done, Troy says, <laughs> as, as Pierce cries and they start to take off without him. <laughs> Chang rolls up to Pierce crying and drowning in the parking lot on his little moped. And he's like, get out of my parking spot. <laughs> now we cut back to pottery class. Jeff is still just complaining about Rich to Abed. Take an intermediate class if you're an intermediate. And you know that Jeff has not stopped talking about this the entire yeah. time he's been around them, too. Or slept or yeah. breathed. <laughs> He just, his facial crazy. expressions crazy. Are, are gold here. His facial expressions and his movements and the way he's hunched over is all really good. And Abed has yet another great line when Annie says, I'm kind of scared. And Abed <laughs> says, this is good for him. He's confronting his own limitations. Abed is so smart and so he's emotionally honest. sound that upon just base level watching this episode, I would not have thought of Abed as a potential MVP. But the but, way that he handles all of these situations, I can see an argument here. You know, he's so got his head screwed on the right way. Yeah, he is like, as as per usual, you know, more aware of everyone else than than they are. But he really like is just a constant voice of reason here. Yeah. And then the moment happens. Uh, Jeff spots Rich humping the camel <laughs> from a mile away. And as like the split second he does it, he's just been watching him to do anything that he read about in those encyclopedias. It's like, <laughs> busted. And this busted. scene is one of my favorites of the episode, but it's so cringy. The way that he's like addressing the entire class about something that's really not that big of a deal. Nobody and he's just cares. making himself look like a fool. And it's very funny. This is exactly what I was saying. It's like stuff like this with the Jeff character works really well. For him yeah. to be a character that's, meant to be laughed at instead of him doing like the shitty stuff that he does and we're expected to think of him as the cool yeah you know because it's a different like there's a difference between making an ass of yourself and being an ass absolutely and i I feel like they have the second half of the season really found that balance for him Mm -hmm. which is a tough thing to pull off but i don't know a whole lot of people that aren't joel McHale that can pull it off this well Mm. joel McHale can pull off Pull off of me whatever he wants. <laughs> Longtime friend of the show, Joel McHale. That part of the interview didn't, didn't make it. That was just for us. Oh, it's, it's just on the OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> 
on his OnlyFans. On his, yeah. You have to be a $40 patron for for that link. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he says, you're busted to Rich. And Rich just smiles. And he's like, I am? I am? <laughs> and Jeff explains to everyone very, like, obviously, his life is over. Rich is done because he did the, what? what is it actually called? Throwing off the hump. Throwing off the hump. The advanced pottery technique, which, if anything, this is just showing that Jeff studied ahead. Yeah, I have a question though um, to okay. our listeners. Yeah, if we have any, well, you know uh, that they can't experts, respond, right? Well, you know that there's nobody that's going to answer your question at this moment. This isn't a live stream. <laughs> you weren't supposed we're not to on Twitch right now. Oh shit! <laughs> I've sent out the wrong links every week. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but if we have any pottery experts or people who are knowledgeable, is the throwing off the hump a real thing? And what purpose does it serve? I feel like it has to be, but it, it doesn't seem like, I can't tell there was a, if there was a purpose, it seems like it's just kind of like a trick shot, you know, it oh. seems like it's just like a show off you. Oh, like a, you know, cause you really got to flex when you're doing pottery. It's like slapping the base. Oh, that's fair. Uh, and Jeff lets everyone know that he read the entire encyclopedia of pottery last night and that he knows that Rich is cheating because of this. And Rich is like, what are you talking about? And everyone is kind of like that. He gets real up in his face and says, you are no beginner, <laughs> Santa Fe. <laughs> this is when the teacher has to interfere. Um, and it, it, it escalates. Uh, it escalates because Jeff is like, show everyone what you did so I can prove that I'm right. And Rich won't do it. So Jeff goes behind him and grabs him to try <laughs> to make him do it again, which is the hilarious guy on guy inadvertently doing the ghost scene. And you know what? I have to say, they delivered. It is a hilarious guy-on-guy ghost scene. <laughs> and the rule has been broken. And Tony Hale gets to shine once again with a, another neurotic, like, losing it. It's like, when yeah, he's trying to, ball, like, get one. their attention, he lets out that, like, hey! And it was so good. <laughs> and then he points over to a sign that he has on his wall that's a Patrick Swayze with a big red X through it, as if, like, he's crossed him off the hit list. And he's like... <gasps> I had it made before he died. It's not in bad taste. <laughs> it's not in bad taste. Rest in peace. And he kicks Jeff out of the class. Well deserved. Yeah. Oh. And he, Jeff, like even punches and ruins what Rich was making, which is mean. That was mean. Not cool. Mm-mm. And Rich is a little bit offended by it, uh, prompting a great line from Tony Hale that, you know, Jeff, you just got kicked out of the class. That's so easy that people passing get a contact credit. It's very funny. Yeah. And Jeff, to mess around with the teacher, starts singing Unchained Melody, the song featured in Ghost. Uh, Were you expecting him to sing Ghost by Michael Jackson? I really was, and I was a little surprised when that was the one thing. I don't think I know that song. How does it go? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Is there a song? Is there? Am I making, am I imagining all of that? Oh, man. Oh, and, oh, my ghost, my he, ghost. He, he, he. Jeff slowly backs out of the room as he sings the song, kind of like a, I'm not touching you to the teacher so he can keep, uh, keep bugging him as he gets kicked out of the class. Tony Hale literally chases him out of the class and locks the door behind him so he can't come back in. And Jeff keeps singing at the window. He doesn't stop. He's given a passionate performance. Did you look it up? Did you find anything? I, I did. Okay. Is it from so, 
in 1996. Is it from the uh, Love Don't Cost a Thing version of Ghost? <laughs> yes, because it's from the 1996 short film entitled Ghosts by Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> which then the title track, Ghosts, was a hit. We <laughs> cut to Pierce in this little garage, like storage unit area. Uh, he's like building, he's building a robo because- <laughs> Which impressive, by the way, Pierce. That well, you this is going to- prove to be a good lesson to Jeff from Pierce that Pierce is the type of person that if he's like put down upon or if he's like failing out of something he's gonna turn it back around and find a way to force himself back into it whether Mm -hmm. he's good at it or not he's gonna be there it's just like it reminds me of like the Dungeons and Dragons episode that he becomes phenomenal at it just because he's trying to do it despite people he's like I have to do it and Jeff walks up to Pierce, and the reason that he walks up is because he wants to hire a private investigator that Pierce had mentioned to him before to to spy on Rich when he thought Ross Perot was cheating on his mom. On his mom, is that what it yeah, was? Yeah, I think so. And Pierce even knows he's like that guy in your class still bugging you. <laughs> and Pierce tells him what he needs to hear that Abed's been saying the whole time. You got to face it. This guy's good at something. And you're not good at it, so let it go. Yeah. And Jeff is confused why Pierce knows, but it's all over the school. You know, he just crazily <laughs> outburst in a classroom. Of course, everybody knows. Yeah. He then brings up, you know, well, Pierce, why aren't you with the other people? And Pierce gets to mention that they drown him. <laughs> great. Uh, but aren't we discussing your flaws, Jeff? Why are you letting well, this guy get to you? What's funny about this is yeah. like Pierce has already, he knows what he needs to do and what he's going to do. Yeah. He, this is not new territory for him, you know? So it's kind of interesting to see him from the perspective of, which is not the first time in the series or, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the season that, that he kind of bestows some wisdom onto Jeff that actually ends up being a good, mm-hmm. good bit of advice. They do it quite frequently. Sometimes Pierce is the person who gets through to Jeff. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pierce asks Jeff what's really wrong and doesn't buy when he says I made a bad pot and Jeff just comes open and says I always thought that I was special and different and I mean for lack of wanting to just to shorten it you know he says sometimes you have to come to terms with that you're not that you're not so special or so different at everything yeah I and I think you know that's a a real thing for you know all of us at some point you kind of come to that realization that you're like I'm not great at everything you know, like, especially I think kids that were maybe gifted, you know, and, and put on this pedestal of, Oh, you're so smart, blah, 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 all this stuff, you know, and then you hit a point where either you struggle with something or like you reach some sort of adversity or like you lose the motivation. Or like life just goes a different way than where you think it's going to go with your talents. Yeah. And and you're like, what the fuck? Stuff isn't just handed to you. You got to make it for yourself. And it might not be what you thought the world was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pierce tells Jeff a story. You know, he's getting ready to go meet his class again, even after they murdered him. And he talks about how when he was born, his umbilical cord was just wrapped <laughs> all around him, really trying to kill him. And that the doctors stopped delivering him and started laughing. <laughs> Which, could you imagine this the image? He says what, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, if I ever let being something, being bad at something stop me, I wouldn't be here right now. And if I ever let something bad 
stop me doing something, we wouldn't be making this podcast 19 weeks in a row. No, we sure wouldn't. But here we are. And Pierce says very astutely that... That thing some men call failure, I call living. Breakfast. And I'm not leaving till I've cleaned out the buffet. Now, how about a shove? It's good a really you, good Chevy. moment for Chevy. Chevy did have a good episode this week after having kind of a weird episode last week with the basic genealogy. It's breakfast and I'm not leaving till I've cleaned out the buffet. He's just going to try everything. <laughs> Are you like that when you go to a buffet? Um, do you have to try a little bit of everything or do you have like your go-to? I guess kind of both. Yeah. It depends on what's going on there, but I like every food. It just depends on how much I can fit on my plate. And how many plates you can fit in your stomach. Yeah. What's your limit? What would you say? How many plates would you usually fill up? And, um, and so here's down? my issue is that I always start with a salad because I like to put a lot of stuff in the salad from the salad bar. Okay. And so that does take one plate away from my ultimate entree. Well, total, I'm the but... same way because when I think buffet, I typically think like uh, oriental food buffet. Mm. And I usually have like soup and sushi first. And then yeah. I have like entrees and you're right maybe two plates of entrees and the soup and sushi is where I would. Yeah. See, if out. it's like a golden corral or Ryan's type of place, I probably do three entree plates. If it's a Chinese place, I'm probably up there four or five times. There's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. And I feel absolutely awful afterwards, but yeah. it's great. But Actually, you knew what you, you were remember, doing. Yeah. Do you know the place yummies in Muncie? Yes. Very so well. What, uh, my old roommate and I, what we used to do is we'd go like at the beginning of the lunch, right? And we'd start eating and we would just sit there and stay and then just keep eating for a really long time. Um, well, I definitely have been in situations where <laughs> maybe I've uh, <laughs> indulged a little bit in the jazz cabbage mm-hmm. and I- Well, you have to at Yummy, like before I, you go to Yummies. And I'm with a pal- and we were looking for somewhere to eat and we were like let's go try out that place and then we walk in and it's just like a shining bright beacon of light 25 tables full of every kind of food and it was just sensory overload it was a was that us was that, was that was I the-, the last time i went there it was kind of gross buffets i believe are, it buffets i think are, it's always been gross i think buffets you were just- are a fine line because if you get it when it's fresh it's good but there are so many things that they can't keep oh. everything fresh that a lot of it's going to be gross and crusty. Yeah, some questionable items. After Pierce gives Jeff a pep talk, he kind of undercuts it when he's like, now how about a shove? And he wants him to help push him on this <laughs> robot, which Jeff obliges. He's like, I guess so. Mm-hmm. And he starts paddling away. The All the imagery of Chevy Chase in a rolly rowboat <laughs> with a paddle, very good. It's so funny. Because he's still like, you know, it's good. Like he's going, but he's still struggling to like yeah. do it. <laughs> now we're back on the boat. Things are going really well for the crew. They're getting their way out of the situation. And I love the way that all the shots are framed where you see Britta, see Pierce and like that look of like, oh my God, it's Pierce. And Pierce triumphantly rows his way back towards the boat. Yeah. And Starburn says like his one line of the episode to show that he's there. He's like, man, that guy's whole life is a joke. And I was like, Starburns, why are you here? Don't you have a son? <laughs> um, yes. So like an old son too. Now Shirley knows that as a captain that she has to maybe put them all at danger a little bit because if one man's down, they're all down. Um, 
And Pierce, while he's rowing over to them, like dislodges a water, like a fire hydrant or something to make his boat fill with water. So he starts sinking. <laughs> On land. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's going down. And Troy Pierce has that great be, line. Yeah, the only yeah. person ever to drown in a parking lot twice. Twice. And Shirley oh, knows right. that, that, that she can't let that happen. They're going after Pierce. Starburns has to man the iron Jimmy. They've got a row, row, the skrill, crunk. <laughs> Wrong skrill! And they're all like, are you sure we're going to die? And Shirley has to take charge. She's like, there's a man overboard. That's an order. We save them. You know, they kind of made this decision a little late. They already left him for dead, but... They did. They did leave. But, I mean, if, you, if he comes back rowing, he earned himself another shot. That's true. Uh, Pierce is nervous that he's going to sink. Britta is upset because she's about to get the only A she would have ever got, and now they're going to lose it for Pierce. Pierce isn't even actually dying. I like no. how P- Pierce suddenly has a bucket somehow, <laughs> and he's <laughs> scooping, scooping out water. water. Where did he get a bucket? You know, any um, good sailor knows have a bucket on hand. And Shirley turns back what Britta turned back on her that she said in the beginning and says, because I'm going to choose to be a nice person and get stepped on every once in a while if it means helping my fellow man. Oh, that's a callback. Talking about yummy has made me hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had McDonald's spicy chicken nuggets yet? Okay, I saw you tweeted about them. I haven't tried them yet. I might actually go get them as soon as we're done with this. I might too. They're really good. Yeah. And I saw people complaining about them online, but I think they're really good. People complain good. about everything. They're nonsense. They're like, oh, well, this isn't good. I'm like, well, it's McDonald's, chief. What do you expect? They taste like, like McNuggets, and they're actually pretty spicy. And the new hot sauce is like sweet and spicy, and it's really Ooh. good. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyway, we enjoyed <laughs> Szechuan together. Yeah, Stephen and I, like, as soon as, because they had, this wasn't with you. But you they went had, to like, the big opening. There was the special event day where they told everyone you could go get Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce McDonald's. And it was like each restaurant that did it had hundreds of people lined up. And each restaurant had like a couple dozen of sauce yeah. cups. So they were out right away. And then when they did the wide release, Stephen and I went and tried it together. And it was fine. It was good. Tasted teriyaki, sure. soy sauce, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just hungry now. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they all decide that it's time to save Pierce because they're taking the command of their captain. I love all of Pierce's crying and despair <laughs> faces, and I love that Starburns's role is to like drive to drive the trailer that's carrying the boat. <laughs> that that's like part of this scenario as well. I also like that Pierce is like panicking and like scared, but he's. He's fine. He's in a parking lot. He could just, you know, well, get they're out. all committing. And they if that's are. not worth an A in this class, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not a bucket. He's like using it. His hat. Or his hat. I don't know. This is when we get the shot where the boat starts moving to save Pierce, and we see it from inside a classroom. They see it passing by them, and I like how like people look and kind of react, but you can tell that this isn't really that weird of an image for people yeah. sitting in a class at Greendale. <laughs> They're like, oh, this again? Is it, is it? Oh, it's sailing time again, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God, dear God. Pierce cries as he comes to terms with the end of his life. <laughs> <laughs> and they make it and they save him. And it's a triumphant moment. Um, Pierce is so grateful to be saved. Oh, this is great. It's so silly. It's so funny. And the cinematic nature of it makes it believable. That's where community has this edge that they can do some yep. ridiculous things but they film it and tell the story so intelligently that you just go with it. And it it feels somewhat real. 
which it's ridiculous. I but I love how Pierce like looks all torn and tattered and his like shirts all wet. <laughs> the professor asks Captain Shirley if she has any last words as they're steering into the storm, uh, probably going to lose all of their lives. And Shirley has a nice line saying, "The sea may be cold and unforgiving, but I'm not." The ship might go down, but uh, at least she'll go down with honor. And they all bring out violins and start playing from the Titanic movie. It's been, a, been an honor playing with you. Uh, Shirley gets promoted because of this to Admiral, even though it doesn't really mean anything because the class is over, but she deserves still. it. And it's a good moment. And well they earned. all get their good grade, it seems. I thought I could have done without this last joke. Pierce said somebody has to do it goes to the edge of the boat, says, I'm king of the, and the professor blows the whistle and shows his like crossed out portrait of Leo DiCaprio saying like, no Titanics, don't ruin a perfect week. Yeah. But the issue is it's not even a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a picture of like him on a sailboat. They probably couldn't get like the rights or something. There might've been a copyright thing involved. I think they could have done that joke in a better way, but the way that Pierce is like, someone's got to go do, I don't know. I think Shelby was the wrong choice for it shoved in there mm-hmm. would be more realistic if, like mm-hmm. troy did it then or it if, like funny. they were having a cinematic moment at the end where they're sailing on the boat like they're safe yeah. and then someone does it it might have been funnier as an in tag honestly we cut back to the pottery classroom and rich is getting all up in that clay again um he jeff comes up to address him rich is a little bit like i don't know if i want anything to do with this guy I'm like hey please don't ruin my art again jeff says he's not gonna spoon him again um, and now Jeff has probably had a good night's sleep after Pierce's words, or he's been able to calm down and says he can't explain his behavior. And you know what, before he even gets to finish his apology, uh, Rich stops him and is like, you know what, we're good. No explanation needed. And the two men share a nice, honest moment where, they, where Jeff gets to kind of explain where he was coming from and they get to kind of squash their beef. I think it's nice. Yeah, I still feel like Jeff didn't really apologize. I mean, I know that he kind of got cut off in the middle of it, he but didn't. he didn't really apologize. He didn't. You're right. He could have apologized. And he turns back, uh, you know, before Pierce rode away on his rowboat, he said, uh, don't need luck, never had it. And here Rich says, well, good luck getting better at pottery. And Jeff says, don't need it. Don't need now it. he doesn't care in the right way. And he's willing just to try and fail. And yeah. That's what it takes. Which good for you, Jeff. Be bad at pottery. Now we get this moment that you said you had a little bit of trouble with. I just... Um, we, get, well, we get another Jeff's mom moment mm-hmm. where Jeff's mom is saying the same thing to young Jeff, but like flipped to where, you know what? You're normal. You're going to be great at a few things and really bad at a ton of things. And that's okay. And it takes a lot of the pressure off, which is true. It, it, it honestly is so relieving a little bit when you realize how insignificant you are in the grand scheme of things and that if in that insignificance, you can find your niche and do a couple of things really well, you don't need to be world famous or world renowned for being talented at everything. Everybody's got something. And if you find your something, that's what you need. Totally. I think that especially through like the quarantine and everything, uh, I've tried to find more things that, you know, you can find joy in with yourself, things that you like to do, things that make you happy. But for some good. reason, you've decided to do this. Yeah, well, you know, I so, still have to punish myself somewhat. Jeff's mom goes on to say, you know, and I'm sorry it took me so long to tell you that, and I'm sorry that I only told it to you when you're imagining it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then Jeff says out loud, it's okay, mom, you did a perfect job. Yeah. I, which Annie says, I bet I'm still scared. <laughs> so what's your problem with it? I don't know. I feel like it wasn't super necessary other than setting up riches like mom-a-log. Mom-a-log. I like that. That's good. Uh, thank you. Um, I, you I just think, stumbled upon that one, huh? Yeah, I think that's good. I'm going I'm to trademark that. Um, but I think that the second one, like just changing it, I don't know. It just didn't didn't work for me. There wasn't necessarily anything bad about it. I thought it was kind of unnecessary. It was almost like they needed to do it just so they could do this rich just one. Just like it set up. And I like the rich one. So maybe I'm fine with it being there because it set it up, the, up rich the rich one. one. And honestly, like, we haven't said hardly a single bad thing about this one other than Jeff being only a little thing. douchey as he walks in. And this is a small thing if this is your thing. Yeah. So I think that's a win. It is for sure. Uh, and we get this last blurb of Rich's mom. <laughs> calling him an idiot for making him a clay ashtray and which i can like, only assume is the interaction they had after his first day of pottery where he brought her that gift and was so proud and she was like and it's like as rich is making his best creation yet you know there's a little like bird or frog piece that he's yeah. created to put on top of it and his mom keeps saying like all this stuff you're gonna do isn't gonna make anything better shouldn't you be practicing being a doctor it's not gonna bring your brother back to life (laughs) and the way greg cromer plays this off the the smile turning into like sadistic nature i see the serial killer uh in his eye absolutely he's got like pain and i'm wondering what really happened on that roller coaster did he push his brother (gasps) Find out supposed this and to more be you. next time on Dragon Ball Z. You know, I've, I feel like I've just got to bring it up on behalf of the audience. That's the third week in a row you've said that. And they still keep coming back to find out what happens next. So, okay. Got to give know. them a little cliffhanger to keep them coming. Yeah. That's the end of the episode. And I tend to like the episodes that end a little bit more warmly, but I really like it ending on that weird. I do too. Uh, rich, I don't know, descending into madness. Let's talk about the end tag really quick. All right. Not a lot to say. Uh, Kang is back and strutting into the locker room at the YMCA after a long day of doing the Chang thing. And he opens up his locker and his stuff has been stolen. Again. Again. So he just leaves wearing nothing but his Speedo, some flip-flops, and his bike helmet. Well, and you can tell he's just at this point he I mean, he's upset about it but he's used to it he's just gonna walk on out you know he forgets something but he <laughs> poor chang and that's the end of the episode this is like the slightest of all the end tags so far it's funny yeah uh, naked ken jong will never not be funny uh shout it's out true. to ken jong you know uh for having his own entire night of reality television now yeah with both the mask singer as a panelist and i can see your voice as a host back to back on the same network. That's insane. Yeah, friend of the show, Ken Jong. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. You know, on the commentary, Dan said that people were like mad about this end tag. And they were like, we want Troy and Abed at the end of the episode. <laughs> and Dan said after he saw that, they were like, okay, I guess this Troy and Abed thing really is special. And then yeah. from this moment forward, or especially season two onward, it's almost it's all always, Troy. Almost Abed. always Troy and Abed. So let's yeah. wrap this up. Uh, great, like great episode. Yeah, great episode. Really, really, really good. I think there's a chance I would give it an edge over physical education, but it might be because it's the one that's right on my head right now. It's yeah. close. It's really I'd, close. I would have to rewatch them both like yeah. similar times to, to gauge, which I like better, but the two are great, great, great. 
So let's talk MVP. I would like to hear yours first. Okay. I have been teetering between the same two since mm-hmm. my first watch through. And I think I finally landed. Um, I'll say my, my runner up was Shirley. Mm-hmm. I really liked Shirley this whole episode. I thought she did a great job. She made the tough choices. Mm-hmm. And as the captain, she chose to go back and save Pierce after she made what I think is the right choice to leave him in the first place. She made another correct choice to go back and save him. Um, but I think that Pierce, because of his like refusal to give up and just how funny he was and how on it this whole episode, as well as how, you know, the speech that he gave mm-hmm. with Jeff, Pierce gets it for me this week. You know, I feel like there are two for me as well. Uh, Pierce being one of them and the other mm-hmm. one being Jeff, who mm-hmm. I don't totally think his bad behavior in this one means he couldn't be the MVP because this is a good Jeff episode. Yeah. And- Crazy Jeff is really funny and he learns a lesson from it and it's not mean spirited. He just kind of loses it for a second. But I think, yeah, Pierce Hawthorne. (laughs) I can't believe it. Did we both just give Pierce MVP? From the moment of in the beginning of the episode where he has more sway with the study group than Jeff does (laughs) on which class they should do to where he's never the butt of the joke, really, even when he falls off and stuff. He has a lot of funny one-liners. It's really funny when he falls off the boat. And then he gets to um, both like redeem himself within that sailing group. And he gets to give a speech to Jeff that shows that he's a little bit more self-aware than what people give him credit for. And then he's mm-hmm. a little bit more thoughtful on trying and failing everything than it might appear sometimes. So yeah, Pierce it is. Yeah, what a congratulations. Crazy We'll have to it won't happen many him. times, I feel. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, get in on it with us, guys. Uh, what was it, MJ or Anorak? Anorak gave us a, a MVP this week, and I would like it if you guys always do. And we have great people who are sending us trivia questions every week, but we would love if you listening to this would be one of them, too. Uh, next week, we're talking about the science of illusion. So please email us your funniest moments and your unanswered trivia questions to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, Steven, where sure. else can these weird people find us? Um, you can find us on Twitter at you can't disappod. You can find us on Instagram at can't disappoint podcast. And then we're also on Facebook and YouTube as you can't disappoint a podcast. Um, we probably are most active on Twitter, but also, feel free to follow the Instagram because you'll get updates when we post, fun memes, awesome things, and it's a great way to connect with other fans of the show, too. I am excited for the month of October. We've got some good stuff coming. We uh, really soon will have our first full-length episode with a special guest. Yeah. And we will also be having a Halloween special with a special guest pretty soon. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So We've got some big things board. coming up. Yeah. Leave us a review if you feel so inclined. That's always nice. Share our stuff if you're having fun listening to it. And we'll talk to you next week. Steven, what do you want to tell the people before we leave? Um, so today, uh, we're recording this the day after the um, judgment was passed on the Breonna Taylor case. And if you weren't aware, one of the three officers was charged with shooting a wall, basically. Um, and that's about it. So just make sure to... Stay active, vote, um, speak out on police reform and law changes. And if you are out protesting, um, please be safe and um, let your voice be heard. I'll let you say what I usually say this time, Stephen, from inside the dreamatorium. 
Black Lives Matter, and I'm Steven, and this has been You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. And I'm Zach. You don't have to totally like take me out of the equation. You can. Oh still, no, like, it's fine. Me. Thank you okay. for watching. You can't disappoint it. You can't disappoint a podcast with Steven and Steven only. You can't even say it without me. I hope you enjoyed it. You'd be nothing. Without me. It. You'd be nothing. Um, I hope that you I re- am. You can't disappoint a podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank you for listening. We're happy you joined us, and we will see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. My love. Nice. My, My darling. darling. I've hung.